0: And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All Ireland football
1: Champions for
0: 1949. All oh, beautiful me,
2: you got all that I need. <laughs> Dempsey
3: hits in fear. Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Column Coyle hit Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity, delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell come in and thinks that the best action is to go down.
2: What a set of
3: matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10, Dublin 15. So Joe McDonough, GAA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and these are the football champions.
0: Welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan and beside me is Kieran Flynn. Diagonally opposite me is David Rispin and then right in front of me is Brian Kelly from the Minor County Board. Um, a very, very uh, busy weekend for Mead football teams, hurling teams, uh, Camogie teams, everybody was out this weekend and um, I suppose there was a lot of silverware uh, up for grabs as well with um, the Mead hurlers out in the Christie ring. Uh, the Mead juniors in the Leinster final of the football. And then the Mead seniors in the Leinster football final as well. So I suppose two out of three ain't bad. But on this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about the upcoming uh, club hurling championship that kicks off uh, this weekend in Mead. We'll uh, be reviewing the... The Christie Ring final, Um, there was a couple of members of the the podcast uh, uh, here that were at that game. Uh, Obviously, we'll be reviewing the Leinster Junior final and the Leinster Senior football final. And uh, we have some results, obviously, as well from the Camogie. And then we'll be giving you some fixtures that are coming up. So it is an action-packed podcast this week. And we're going to start with the uh, Club Hurling Championship. And um, I suppose we'll have to pass it over to our small ball expert, uh, Mr. Kieran Flynn, the man who knows everything about hurling and nothing about football.
1: <laughs> Thanks very much for that introduction. <laughs> I'm going to give you, as Buff Egan has said, the gift of perfect hurling analysis now. <laughs> so the club championship, it's, it's kicking off big time uh, Thursday night. Uh, defending champions, Kill Taylor playing Kildocky, one of the big powerhouses of club hurling. That's on this Thursday in parth at 745 then in Cilline Longwood are going to play in Rathmaline on Friday night. Uh, Rathmaline haven't hosted a senior game in a long time. Like Rathmaline would be regarded as one of the best playing surfaces in the county and it's probably great that they're getting games because they they normally host the Camogie Senior Final every year and they do a great job. So, looking that be some killings. Kaline Longwood like the same parish like that is going to be flaking Central. If you want to see flaking, you get to Ratmanine.
0: That'd be like Courtown and St Dalton's same parish next door neighbours. Let's go out and flake.
1: Yeah, but see there, the Ultons be hard enough. The Courtown boys will be wimpy enough. So in this now, <laughs> this is Kaline Longwood. This is real men playing hurling like this is proper <laughs> stuff now. And then the last game in Group A then is going to see Ratoth and St Peter's Dunboy in another very Big local rivalry. They're playing Partholshen on the Saturday night. Then in the other in Group B, the slightly weaker group, Trimmer playing Clonmesa on Friday night in Partholshen. Now for are playing Boars Mill and Trim on Sunday, uh, or sorry, on Saturday. And the are playing Blackhall Gales and Trim on Saturday. So like the senior championship is going to be absolutely jam packed. And then just Group A, the intermediates, the first teams. Tones are playing uh, Dunmore Ashburn. Dundry are playing Clonagale, another local rivalry. And Dumre are playing Gale, Cullumkille. So like. The buzz, the buzz after winning the Christian Ring at the weekend, it's going to be interesting to see how many of the county hurlers are actually still alive at the moment, it's not even a question of fit to play, are they still alive after the, the celebrations which, were, which have been great and it, it's going to be just seen out now, the, will, will the players who played in the Christian Ring keep their form going like and kick on and really dominate the weekend's fixture, so I think you'd be mad not to get to as many games as possible this weekend, look. Like.
0: Yeah, I suppose, Kieran, you being the expert of uh, all things Hurling, and we, we won't go to the Christie ring just yet. We're going to stay with the championships. We're going to get your predictions off you um, for uh, the, the club championship because, you know, we've done we've done the David Rispin one before. He seems to know everything about football. So let's just test your knowledge on Hurling in the county.
1: Yeah, perfect. So I just predict the winners of the games, is it? Yeah.
2: That's grand. So... Now, the winner, no sitting on the fence, no tipping both teams. I don't do draws. We well, can
0: do draws if
1: No, no, I don't
2: believe in draws. That was all look, last year, in fairness
1: now. No, I don't do draws, I do just, winners. And just lose. no
2: tipping both teams to win. Well, I can,
1: there's creative editing, don't worry about that. Let's go. But now I have to go through, like, this is where I get my heartstrings heart go, like, lads are injured, lads are away, and all this. Right, first game, Kiltail be clocky. Klail win, right? Kiltail win. Kiltail. Right. Kaline Longwood go for a uh, Kaline victory.
0: Kaline.
1: Rototh, St. Peters, and Boyne, Rototh. Rototh. Oh this is gonna be killer Trim Clemasson. Uh Trim. Oh, <laughs> <you just laughs> yeah, just did a Brian yeah Kelly, Dory you Yeah just Dory. Did a Brian Kelly on Yeah him. under the radar, Let's keep Clemesson under the radar, yeah. Know. that worked for yeah. Brian Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Trim by Trim by twenty points, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, Navin Matt, and Board's Mill. Well that'd be a tough one now. I'd say Board's mill. It's in Trim, the Navin boys would know how to get there. Uh, Nafina Blackhall, Nafina are fine herders. Is that your That's yeah, oh, they're, and they're gonna win as well. They're fine hunters too, though. Yeah, do you want me mean do intermediate group A as well? Just the crack, just to annoy me, because if I get them wrong, it will exactly. bite me. And if we if they get them right, you'll probably ignore it next week. So. Exactly. <laughs> the Tones, done Ashburn, uh the Tones. Dundry Clanegale, it'll be Dundry and the Marie Gale, column Kill, Gail column Kill on Kells. Beano Hanlon might make an appearance. He, he's that good at football. Yeah, bad. if he's that, like he's that
2: good at football, Brian, he'd probably play the Hurling too, you know? I'm going to say this now, he's on my Hurling team of the year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's Hurler her, of the year already.
1: So He doesn't actually play. Just if anyone actually no, thinks no, Brian just, no. Brian doesn't have a clue.
0: Like. <laughs> um, so that is um, the, the club hurling scene looked at um, and it is going to be an action-packed weekend and of I Hurling.
1: apologise if I offended people. But not really that much. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
0: there's got to be a winner and a loser unless it's a draw, I suppose. Um, But uh, yeah, it's going to be an action-packed weekend. No football on this week. um, So hurling takes centre stage. Um, We're going to move on now to the Christie Ring final. This took place on Saturday afternoon at 2pm in Crow Park. And what a a day it was for the Mead Hurlers. um, Back for their second Christy Ring, or third Christy Ring in in three years, uh, Christy Ring final. And um, a really dominant display, in fairness, uh, Kieran Flynn, and came out comfortable enough winners in the end. I suppose they went into a, a good lead sta- at the start, Down came back into it, but in the closing stages they pulled away again, just when it looked like Down might be going to make a revival, but they pulled away and won by a, 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 a 10 points and, and well deserving uh, of, of the winner's tag after that game
1: It was absolutely wonderful as the Buff would say, uh, really was so exciting, Like as a Hurling supporter, me Jay, like it just was such a good occasion, uh, it was one of my predictions at the start of the year. I do remember multiple times saying they would win the Christie Ring Cup and they've done that. So just Wow, rec- God, r- y- record y- that you thing. were thinking out of the box there with that one. <laughs> didn't you know, like, no, it was just you nice know. to be noted when you get them. That's right, literally yeah. like
0: predicting that Dublin are going to win the Leinster. Like, oh you know, no, will you wait, 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 wait. The Hurling's on.
1: <laughs> but Jesus, it was such a good display. Like Adam Gannon is up for the GA Hurling Team of the Week. Yeah. So get on Quite their Instagram Adam. to vote for that. Jax Euregan with 9.7 from place balls. The young Nicky Potterton Coming on from Gildalky He got 1-1 like he's serious. He scored a goal In the two or three games Nearly scored a goal In every game he's played uh, Callum O'Sullivan Young man from Clonagail Come on and scored a goal At the end uh, Barry Slevin got two. Dame O'Healy, the mad dog Shane Brennan, who, who was absolutely fabulous yeah, in the well game. I was just going to say, yeah.
0: you know, you, you're picking out all the people who did the scoring or whatever, but I thought yeah. that Shane Brennan was absolutely excellent at wing back. Yeah. Um, he, he was just a rock. He was everywhere. He was drifting back and cutting out the ball that was coming diagonally across. They were aiming for that bottom right hand corner and he'd just slip in take the ball and play a class pass up to the forward line he was
1: he, he, he was for me he was my man of the match yeah the, I said the buff gave him the half time man of the match the buff Egan said he it was a shucky ducky quack quack moment of the match and he, he said that he was brilliant and like I played under a with Shane and Shane loves his hurling like Shane well, it's kind of fella. he's morning, morning noon night thinking about it he, he, he'd he be delighted especially the last time in the Christian ring he was taken off at half time and he wasn't a bit impressed now there's a bit of argy-bargy right. <laughs> below in back. but he vowed that day as well he said he's going to get back there but a lot of the time, it happens as James Kelly under the other wing is a great high fielder as well. Yeah. And Derek Kelly, a lot of the time, full back, goes over that side as well. And a lot of the teams don't hit that side. So Shane actually gets targeted a lot for puckets. But, do- but he does very well. It's so yeah. the thing, they avoid Derek Kelly's very big. And they avoid Keith Hogan as well. So they're hitting Shane Brennan an awful lot. But Mad Dog is some hurler. And he's, he's, a, like he's a dog. That's why his nickname is Mad Dog or right. Dog. and he really oh, he, does. He, he does.
0: everything. Put, he put his body on the line and everything so many times. I remember at one stage there uh, in the first half, he went in um, to pull on a ball with one of the down players, and uh, the two of them went wholehearted, and his stick just went up in the air, and he turned around and he was just holding the butt of a, of, of a hurley, yeah, pointing yeah. at the sideline, yeah, yeah. and he didn't realise but the, the, his, his, his hurley was coming from the other side yeah, of yeah. him, and he was like, "Where's me yeah, bloody yeah, hurley?" Yeah. And whenever the next thing he was tipped on shot, oh, thanks to or whoever. But um But
1: there's uh, a good story about Mad Dog in primary school, oh, right? No, well they said he got kicked by a horse, right, in the head. Right. But it was <laughs> actually right no but the thing is they they had to put the horse down afterwards, you know <laughs> that's <laughs> you know, like he's that kind of, he's, that's the kind of fella he is now <laughs> you know, like he, he's some he's an animal like he just loves the hurling
0: Superman like. wears Shane Brennan pants so he does yeah, his, absolutely uh, yeah, like, like Chuck Janus Norris now that like exactly, Chuck Norris yeah. wouldn't even dare say um, his name out loud like. a word a word for the down goalkeeper God he had an, an unbelievable game um like had it not been for the down goalkeeper Meade probably could have been 15 or 16 points ahead at half time
1: yeah Jack Suregan who's normally uh it's an elementary thing for him he just shows up and does it he probably was annoyed with the quality of his penalty but that still doesn't take away the quality of the saves because yeah. he'd saved one just previous from uh, who was it he took it on his he took it on his it left side Douglas. yeah but Doug Doug you think maybe it was and he, he it just uh, it was a Dame O'Healy I think Dame O'Healy maybe and he just blocked it out oh, and it was yeah, 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 and it was a serious save Like, but even his as I said his pockets were good but the down goal he basically kept the minutes I don't think Mead were ever really in doubt I know when they went so far ahead early on and they had to be they were kinda of, they were they were seeding ground and, and maybe struggling at times coming up to half time, but I think Mead were the best team throughout. And oh, yeah. Like Adam Gannon like just cleaned his man every time. Yeah. Damon went in the high ball. Derek Kelly, Kiki Ogre in the back, Sure's house is like Shane McGann even making good saves whenever he's called upon. Yeah. Like they're really are a great team. I just hope that the Joe McDonough next year they can keep the unit together and really give themselves justice in that. Like. Well the
0: the, the the positive thing I suppose going into the uh, to the John McDonough this time is that in fairness They've kind of they've been a mile ahead of any team that they've played mm-hmm. in the Christie Ring, and that showed again in the final. And you don't usually win finals so easy mm. in the Christie Ring um, or any of the lower hurling uh, competitions. They're normally an awful lot tighter. So it just goes to show <clears throat> that this main team are a step above that Christie Ring, and it's just about you know next year staying up in the in the, in the Joe McDonough and not becoming a yo yo team. I know that the Car- Carlo uh, um, are. There's been a few uh, players coming out and uh, voicing their opinion about being relegated back down to the Joe McDonough from from senior hurling and whatever, and they're saying that like they're 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 not getting a chance, you know, they're, uh, and whatever. But like you you have to play at your level, and it just looks like this mid team are definitely. A mid-table Joe McDonough team mm. at the uh, at this stage, and and then from playing Joe McDonough, they're going to get better, and obviously the better hurlers will will, will uh, come through as well in in uh, in the younger teams. Uh, I think the the minor hurlers are there this weekend as well. By Kelly, PM, yeah,
2: yeah, Mickey. They're out in the Patterlehan Cup final in Park Parkhalshen on Saturday at two o'clock against Carlo. Um, in round one at Leinster Championship, Carlo gave them a bit of a trim, and meat were quite depleted that day. But they've regrouped since and have put in a few excellent performances. So we're very hopeful on Saturday with a big crowd in Avon to get behind them. The 16th man, that the Harlan people on the back of the Christie ring success will come in in big numbers and get behind the team and back them. They can be the difference on Saturday. It's a very promising young team. There's a lot of work in has gone on in Dungani behind the scenes with developing squads to supplement what's already in the senior Harlan panel and, and keep bringing them exactly through exactly
0: that's, that's my point is that if they can get up into Joe McDonough and stay in Joe McDonough the quality of hurler that's coming behind will just push them on that little bit more and hopefully they can win a Joe McDonough and go into the All-Ireland proper like you know it'll be it will be some achievement by the by by the hurlers. So, um, you want to go back to you, Kieran, for a minute.
1: Now just for closing remarks. Just the two lads I want to highlight as well. You could go through every single one of these lads and say great things about them, but just kind of one lad was uh, Joey Keena. Joey, Joey actually put himself up now in the pantheon of some of the best Mead they've ever had. Yeah. I think he's the, he's the only man now that's got the three medals. <laughs> he the Nicky record from a few years ago and the two Christy Rings. Like a lot of great lads, like the Mead won the minor. Sorry, the All Ireland B, nineteen ninety two. A lot, a lot of great teams would have only won one competition. But he's the only guy now with three three All-Ireland medals. He missed four years in Australia as well, so it could have been a lot different when he was there. But even just showing like his warrior strength, like, he actually suffered hamstring all year. He actually pulled the hamstring straight away when he came on. Mauled an absolute monster ball, and then he actually ended up getting on an unreal score over on the sidelines. So mm-hmm. it just shows you. But then just to finish, the captain of the team, Sean Garrity, man and Ballon footballer, he has to really take a lot of credit for the way he conducted himself and kind of the way the team followed him, like he's a school teacher there up in Oldcastle, and he really did showcase a lot of the, the kind of the great things a teacher can do. But his speeches were great everywhere he went, and he just he's just a great leader, and lads followed him. and I hope he might stay on as captain, maybe, or someone he'll vice captain someone else. But Shane or Sean, Shane Gerty was great this year, like Sean e. Gerty was great, like, and he's going to someone now maybe with Bad and Lock He'll kick on the football championship, and he'll kick on with here in the in the Hurling championship. Yeah. But he's a great lad, like.
0: Uh, absolutely, and, and just a word there for Colm Waylodge as well from Dunham or Ashburn. He's been uh, slogging it there for a long time, and uh, he he came on uh, with a few minutes to go as well. That's and
1: great. actually, on the Mead Twitter, he he made his own song. A few bits of the celebrations actually great on the Mead Twitter. Colin O'Mahilodge made his own song, a remake of a teenage dirt bag. It's actually about a uh, Niall Weir and Board's Mill, and the best thing is it's just basically a Board's Mill dirt bag, and it's a whole story of the Martin <laughs> Comerford managing the team. It's worth checking out. And of course, Paul Reilly's things make he, d- he wrote a poem about the final, Is making great tracks. And even the Buff Egan has called him out for calling the Buff in Egypt. So if the Buff ever comes yeah. across this, we do love you Buff, but the Mead Man we back our uh, own first. An
4: obsolete mule. Yeah, but <laughs> a head him like a Spanish omelette. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what a weekend it was for the um, uh, Mead hurlers winning the Christie ring. Uh, cup for the second time in three years and uh, it was brilliant to be there in the Hogan stand when the lifted the Cup and uh, the celebrations. Show up for
1: the final, yeah? yeah. Uh, yeah oh,
0: absolutely, yeah. I'm, a, I'm one of those, just show up for the final. So uh, 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 the reason why you did that was that we, we could break up your whole speech about it so it was to hear today. We could yeah, get two opinions.
1: I'm, I'm trying, like, I could literally talk for the next four hours about hurling, and I think two or three people might enjoy it. Yeah. Me mother, me father and maybe one of me. Actually, no, just my mother and my father. And uh, they're sick no, of me. Three. <laughs>
2: no, to be fair, there would be three. Your mother, your father and yourself.
1: Yeah. Oh, I listen
3: to myself all
0: night. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for sure. Well, lads, we're going to move on now. Anyway, we're going to go to the um, the Leinster Junior Final. took place Sunday um, uh, uh, Sunday afternoon at 2pm. And uh, all the, all three lads uh, here were at, uh, at that game in Crow Park. And I suppose David Rispin... Um, uh, Really good performance. They lost at this stage last year to the same team, Kildare, um, in the Leinster final. But uh, they righted the wrongs of last year and um, you know went out and put in a really good display.
4: Yeah, they did, and and I think the the platform was that the first half performance. You know, the two goals came in quick succession, and in fairness, they had a little bit of a breeze behind them in the first half, which helped. And and I know Davy Nelson, who we'll hear from soon, um, referenced that in his post match. Um, Comments that you know the breeze was significant enough, and it might not seem that from the stands, but it was clearly there. Um, so w- with that lead, you know, which was really whittled down, um, approaching you know full time, mm-hmm. they were clinging on for dear life, to be honest with you. Um, Kildare finished really strongly, and and you know, young Robinson there in the corner was outstanding for them, but I think overall Mead probably just edged it. Uh, you know they had they had that burst in towards the end of the first half, and you know the goals from Rory O'Quillan and Kevin Ross um, were huge just before halftime. It gave me the real kind of platform, and from there they had to kind of keep the scoreboard ticking. They just about did that, but and having to withstand the Kildare rally was was important too. But there was some fabulous performances, I know. Um, Frank O'Reilly was outstanding from Karen Ross I don't think he missed a, missed a shot he, I think he got 5 points And, well, and
0: Just as you mentioned yeah. Frank O'Reilly what we'll do is we'll go to your interview with Frank O'Reilly uh, that you got straight away after the game under the Hogan stand
4: Delighted to be joined by Frank O'Reilly um, after Meade's junior success Franco um, Brilliant win. Yeah. I suppose hanging on a little bit towards end, but it probably makes it
5: all the sweeter. Ah, oh, exactly. Yeah, sure. Look, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been the same kind of atmosphere around the place with if, if we had a push on, went to 10, 11 up. You know. Yeah. We'd like to make a bit of a game for it, to keep the keep the me fans happy. But I know it was. Uh, it's great just to push over the line. Like Carl McConnell's run there in the end was. Yeah. Was what we're all about. Like just and, working hard. And, and that
4: free from yourself, I suppose. The, the insurance score is approved in the yeah. end. Nerves balls of steel oh geez I don't
5: know about that but it was just more and more the fact of putting the foot through and hopefully just getting it over the end line in the main just hitting the direction it goals. and if it was over brilliant if it didn't at least we, we, we had time to regroup yeah. so just look all the better that we, we, uh, we got to score anyway So, and I
4: suppose compared to last year I know you, you probably weren't around last year and that, but it was probably great to have the me crowd here for the senior game as well coming in and they really kind of got more and more involved in the game as it, as it went on and it kind of got closer it right. wasn't great to be
5: playing in front of such a big me crowd yeah absolutely look it's from from the word goal we, we, we hit the back of the net earlier on and even the lift from the crowd from that year pushes us on to get two or three more scores in a row so look the Mead fans are f- unbelievable sorry for that no, you're <laughs> they're, uh, no they're unreal and uh, look it's just giving the boys a great great lift now going into the senior game I hope so
4: yeah and I suppose your own from your own point of view I know you've played underage and that with Mead it's a little bit different now kind of playing adult football with Mead and it's probably seen as a stepping stone for a lot of lads do you feel that there's a, yourself and there's other guys in the group that can make the step up in the coming years
5: oh, absolutely I think anybody who's here in a new jersey from 1 to twenty, twenty six, twenty seven, 27 or whatever it's named is more than capable of playing senior football it's a it is a brilliant pathway mm. like uh, just getting out in Crow Park as well is, it's a brilliant experience for any man to have that in their locker in the future going into maybe a, an intercounty challenge or mm, sure. something like that beyond. so it's great to have
4: and Nerves-wise, did you going into the game was a little bit different than say your, Carnross Ross courting game. Yeah, or was...
5: geez, yeah, the surroundings up around here now are a little bit different than what I'm used to. But uh, I don't know, look, just getting the 15 minutes beforehand just to soak it all in was yeah. was unbelievable. So I don't know, just just delighted to get to win.
4: And the big carnross Ross contingent here, I've seen them coming off a bus. <laughs> yeah, the yeah there's
5: two two or three buses up, the, up behind the in the, in the Davin Stand. Find a, find it very tough to, to get a few warm up freeze as they just yeah. constantly here. But ah look, it's great to have, great to have the ones Hopefully inspire. Exactly. And
4: yeah. speaking of warm up freeze, what's what's
5: the plan for tonight? I'm sure there's oh, a few know, celebrations this time. I'll have to I'll have to take one step at a time. Get in, get showered first, and then get the head right for later. Skinny run. jeans, yeah. Oh, of course, oh, just then. like yourself.
4: <laughs> Franco, thanks a million, and all the best in the semi-finals. So, Cheers,
0: so that was uh, Frank O'Reilly from uh, Carnaross Ross and in fairness you can hear the you know the the joy and the the, the pride and it, it's just coming out of him there you know he's just so excited and and for, for a lot of these players you know they they are really good club players they are just probably a little bit off uh, county senior standard mm. to get a day out in Crow Park you know there's not too many players who get to say they played in Co Park, but Frank obviously is delighted with his chance to play in Co Park and to win a trophy.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And Frank has played, you know, underage, as the, as the lads would know quite well, um, minor and, and under 20s as well, um, the last few years. And he's making the step up now to football. He's a, he's a class performer for Karen Ross, week in, week out. We all know that. But he's transferred that form to, to the Mead Juniors. And, you know, if he doesn't make it with the Mead Seniors, I think he will. If he doesn't, I think he's always got a place in Love Island because, you know, the way he. The way he can dress and everything, and after the game he was he was looking very good last night. So um, the ripped skinny jeans, as he mentioned at the end of the interview, would wouldn't go missing Love Island. So uh, he he if he if he doesn't make it in Love Island, he'll make it in the Vibe and Kells, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> um, well, there you go. That's two um, two application forms we're going to have to get for Love Island uh, for next year because we were getting one for you as well, Davey Rispin. Well, actually, so you uh, fun, funny you say
4: that. Your shirt there wouldn't go missing Love Island.
0: Yeah, but I don't have the six-pack.
2: Um, we're going to go to... Neither do I. Brian Kelly,
0: you were at this game <laughs> as well. Why
1: would a
2: six-pack when you can have a barrel, you know? <laughs> well, we, we'd have craved yesterday. <laughs> um, no comment.
0: And Brian Kelly, um, again, you know, um, it was the second Meade team of the weekend to be playing in Crow Park and... Another trophy coming home to me and in fairness, uh, you know, these lads, all the talk in the lead up to this game was all about Johnny Doyle and, and uh, our lads just kept their heads down. They focused on the game and came away with the win in the end.
2: Yeah, I think the most impressive aspect of the <laughs> junior panel which Davy Nelson and his management team put together is the age profile. Every player is young on it. They all have potential to develop and hopefully progress onto the senior panel. Like There's some of them on the extended panel already, like so Jason Scully, Rurio, O'Quinn, and a few more. But there's numerous players there who have the potential to step up. And at the end of the day, that's probably the main purpose that a junior team in this day and age should be serving, is... You very
0: political on this. I'm just talking about the game itself. Let's not let's ah, yeah. not talk about it being a development squad or anything. But the game in general, Mead scored two fourteen. We see the we see the bigger
2: picture. Points.
1: Well, I would say it's actually more like a development squad for North Mead. Some job. The amount of boys up there. It's like you had to P- be North poor Kells. Adam Mcdermott, North Mcdermott. Adam Mcdermott didn't have a clue. Tom as well. Yeah, well, Adam had to get a translator, I think, because the boys were ta- speaking in North Meadish. <laughs> and the boys were, were like, there were some, but they're, they're the proper they're proper football men too. The uh, crack, the crack, the crack the boys having the juniors, like, the crack with them was great. Like, they really love the football up there, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's for sure. But, like, just the day itself and, and um, whatever, like, for those lads, magnificent. It, uh, yeah, well, like,
2: it, playing in Crow Park can be daunting for some players, others can flourish. Before mm. the game, we asked how many of them had played in Crow Park before, and about half of them had. So, like, that's a huge amount of players who it's a whole new experience for them. But they really flourished. Like A lot of them, Crow Park, just looked like their natural home. The big pitch, the surrounds, They just some of the football they played was outstanding.
0: Yeah, and looking down through the team, like, you know, Ruyo Coelho he's a senior player for yeah. Navin Matlin. He didn't play senior football for Navajo Matlin last year, which meant he was available to play for the juniors. And he stood out in the day. Ah, he
2: was absolutely outstanding, particularly early on when Meade were looking to get a fast start and build a lead. He ended up think, with a goal in a pint. Very unlucky. Goal or in sorry, two. goal and two. Yeah, goal Very goal. unlucky not to have two goals. He had a brilliant shot early on, which mm. beat the keeper all ends up. And I don't know how the defender got back with his yeah. foot to clear the ball. He
0: could have ended up with two, five. He had four misses as well.
2: And one of them was a goal. Yeah, well, like, so. we don't want to be too negative on the wides. We'll... At least at least the goal chances I'm just, on target. I'm, just saying, I'm yeah. just saying that... Like, you it's know, it's it's
1: was good. If he's any good, he would have scored 2-6. Like, you know. <laughs> it's normally me. It's the negative one here. <laughs> it was
2: the team of the day, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, Fra- Frank O'Reilly as well. Uh, uh, giant top scorer with five points. And, and Kevin Ross as well from Castletown. Yeah, well, um, Frank
2: was excellent from open play. But his some of his free-taking was very good. Like He's not the biggest of fellas, but he has the distance in his kicks. Effortless. Like he was like a fellow with a lob wedge there from inner the forty five, the first one was just majestic, and um, just stroked the ball over the bar. fellas was be taking out the driver and trying to force it, but he's just a fabulous technique. The whole
1: frank. <laughs> also,
0: a player that we discussed earlier in the year, um, due to his exploits with uh, Cork University, was Michael Flood. And he captained the team. Yeah. and got to walk up the the Hogan. Uh, he cap he
2: captained UCC back, in, I think maybe December to win the Division One, the Ryan L- Cup, and then he was in the panel for the Sigerson, and he captained me to win the Junior yesterday. Hell He's obviously year. it's a hell of a year. He's obviously a hell of a leader mm-hmm. because you wouldn't be UCC had a crack team. You wouldn't be made captain of that in a team with a load of county stars yeah. unless you have something to you. And he's a player who you'd love to kick on, and I'd say Kieran might notice a bit better than me. But it has to be a long time since St. Bridget's had a, a, a senior county footballer. So it'd be Ciaran it'd be, hell of, it'd be hell of a one. thing for the club if he kicks on and makes.
1: And I couldn't give you an example, but I know they didn't have a club there for a while because they were thrown out for fighting. So I'd say it probably is a long time. So. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe Michael Heary is actually his grandfather, the chairman of the club. Michael is is the club delegate for Bridget's on the county board, and he's actually they are represented for the later life, there's this kind of network for elderly people. So Michael is in-depth with the
2: county board, like, and he was so proud to see Michael like, get up and get the there's cup. There's actually like. a fabulous photograph on the Mead Instagram account of Michael, I think maybe Michael Flood's father, and then uh, Michael Heary. um the three generations of one family the pride they had in seeing him as captain of a mid team lifting a cup and it was, it was a fabulous moment just to be there to capture the image and I'm sure it's one that as a family they'll treasure
0: yeah absolutely and, and Davy Nelson was the manager of or is the manager of this team because they now march on to the All-Ireland semi-final where they'll be taking on Galway in uh, on the 6th or 7th of July that's all to be confirmed and uh, pitched to be confirmed as well but Davy Rispin caught up with uh, uh, Davy Nelson after the game
4: Delighted to be joined by me Junior Manager now Davy Nelson Davy fantastic win maybe hanging on a little bit towards the end it was probably never going to be playing sailing against a a
6: strong Kildare team exactly you know it never crossed my mind even with 15 or 20 to go this is a done deal you know we're over the line here not a chance (laughs) because teams generally most games of football uh, particularly at this level Mm. they're going to come to rattle Um, Kildare hit 118 again Longford the last day Mm. it wasn't lost on us and um, they got their patch and they obviously got very close to us just thrilled with the last score Mm, to turn them over go down the field, win the free properly yeah. and kick it. Yeah. Great to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, under the pump. You was know, mm. great to do that. You know, we, we did a good bit of scoring early on but I really felt, I always watch a game over the 60 minutes rather than concentrating so much on the latter right. part of the game which a lot of people tend to do. You can lose a game early on we had a, a, I thought a golden chances to be a good bit farther ahead and nearly out of sight um, so um, n- n- you never have enough of it and uh, the elements were favouring Killeur in the second half mm. Um there's a breeze into the canal end lovely for kicking points and they came with their rattle and I'm just thrilled we survived it mm.
4: obviously it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult with Club games going on and that to try and get the group in and integrated and training and whatnot. Yeah. Um. You haven't had the luxury, I suppose, of going on a warm weather training camp, unlike some people. But uh, it's it's probably difficult for you to kind of get the lads in and mingling together. And and you know we've probably seen that in the loud game. It took a little bit of time to. Get to grips with it And, and today it was much better From the word go Probably yeah. the extra Two or three weeks Done to you Definitely We
6: had a quality challenge Match against Nafina From Dublin last week We didn't have that Last year mm. Those kind of things Really help you Step up for the next day because we knew Loud really tested us, and to come back in the manner of the victory, we knew would stand was a good stead psychologically. Yeah. But we knew we had to improve our game, and as you said, that familiarity, you know, wasn't there. Little mm. subtleties of passing—you yeah. only get that by hours and hours together mm. playing and training. We don't have that. And mm. um, the lads have been magnificent, and we work with the clubs in what they have on yeah. their plate And 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 May was extremely tough. So to survive the Loud test was one way, yeah. and now to come through the Kildare test. In another different way mm. It says a fair bit For this bunch of lads mm. now I think it's a good
4: sign really good sign And, and just I, I don't want to make it All about him But Johnny yeah. Doyle Do you feel That actually was A welcome distraction for, for you guys That all the focus Was on him And there was nothing Really mm. you guys Could kind of come in Under the radar And that kind of thing yeah. Do you feel it helps In that way
6: Ma- Maybe Maybe We didn't actually mention him I'll mean, yeah. I, I tell you why um, We felt I, I, Johnny Doyle is Maybe I've watched him Gaelic football 45 years mm. He's the best footballer I've ever seen Play with but there's no point in me telling that to the lads now and over-worrying them. And so we just treated him like any other player today. Mm, Um, And uh, we didn't over-reference it because something like that, you're you're dead right, can become Mm. a sideshow unnecessarily. So um, we didn't mention it, honest to God, one bit, and even when my, my management said to me, he's coming on, I said, right... Who, who, who are we putting on him That's Grant We trust him yeah, yeah, You know And, yeah. and we, we did Because yeah. Johnny's not 21 Or 21 no. anymore <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> uh, You know So um, we, we just took it uh, Like another player mm-hmm. you know? And I suppose Another
4: player in, in Rory Aquilon That came in today Was a huge oh, influence man. And probably a big help To the group With that senior pedigree Massive Absolutely massive,
6: you know. Um, we all remember him jumping off the bench against Kildare three years ago in the senior yeah. championship and kind having right, a storming yeah. second half, you know. And we know he would be with the seniors. He has been with the seniors, but injury has blighted him so far this year. Um, I had been in touch with him. He's a fellow club man of mm-hmm. mine, and I uh, had been in touch with him. And we had uh, tremendous communication with the Mead management. Yeah. In, in uh, We have five senior panellists out <coughs> here with us today, and that was huge, yeah. you know. And to integrate them of late into the mm. team and they're serving club senior county and junior county fair play to all those guys yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really difficult to do uh, Danny Quinn Robin Clark Sean Riley Jason Scully yeah. all in and Rury, all in and you you, you would say they're, they're with us all the time yeah. you know
4: that that tells you a lot I suppose that relationship with Andy McAtee and the, the extended management is key he was out in the field after the game congratulating yourself and the yeah, players yeah. that was really nice to see considering he's a big game coming up himself
6: absolutely fantastic I can't believe he was able to have time for a, a shake hands because what's coming for himself but mm. um, we've had that as I said openness with them all the time yeah. working on week to week if the lads have had a good lot of training we'd say well, we'll, we won't bring them into us or we'll mm. only bring them into us for our video analysis yeah. we don't tug out so carefully looking at what the players load is yeah, and course. then, then uh, recognizing that then when players did become available mm. that we said we well, right and we said well our plan for if Ruri was released to us today we we're going to start him yeah. we made that decision ourselves sure. um, because he's a high quality footballer and he badly needs game time yeah. and um, we may lose him I think fairly soon unfortunately it is what um, it is <laughs> it is what it is you know but <laughs> yeah, look we could only wish him the best
4: and in terms of looking forward then you know the semi-final coming down the tracks against Galway as you, you mentioned previously yeah. um, it's going to be another step up
6: I, yeah I do know it's Galway and, but I never look beyond today mm. um, Galway DNA and anything, so they're always strong. Yeah, you know, having yeah. a, not a notion about them. But as you say, a step up. I think a team that wins their own province, there's a reason for that, mm. and they've won a couple of matches like ourselves. I'd imagine there wouldn't be that much in it. No, different venue than here, and so on. We'll prepare well for them and represent Leinster now very, very
4: well and the county. Absolutely, and just finally a word for your group in there, the players. I mean, they've they've been fantastic.
6: Yeah, yeah, we uh, we had uh, sleepless nights uh, myself and the management you know, over the at twenty four today. Yeah. Um, at club level, anyone uh, I, I, I I can tug out, mm, and yeah. you can, you know, and to give people bad news it's very hard to do we had a couple of storming lads today mm. three or four of them we had to say you're not in the live nine and yeah. that's, that's really tough to do but they took us manly and rolled behind the team there today and it's from when we started in Dungani about seven weeks ago with these lads we've built it up mm. over that time we've made anything that we get time to get together we'll make it worthwhile Yeah, sure. you know and get that balance right as I said to you and um I've meant to look up how many clubs are represented here today, but there's a huge amount of clubs represented brilliant to see, yeah. I remember one time being in early February, being below in Mila at half ten on a Sunday morning, and I would take your life. And this man says to me, What are you doing here? And I said, Well, like I'm the main junior manager this year. And he said to me afterwards, He says, Fair, pretty for coming up. He says, No, that's my job. Yeah, yeah. And we had uh, three, three, three of those lads think, today on our panel, you know. Yeah. And um, uh, what wasn't lost to me was how much it meant to him. That man played with the Meade in the 21s and the mm. 60s. He says, it's great to see the are recognised. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Ballinacree and made have a great tradition uh, in junior football, uh, even with the senior team. Mm. May, you know, Down through the years, there'll be a strong representation there. And um, it's only made second win at this level in 13 years. So although our tradition's very good, we haven't been winning that much lately at yeah. junior level. And yeah. it's
4: great to get the W today. Davey, congratulations Thanks. and enjoy the celebrations. Thank, thank, you, thank you very much. For- yeah.
0: So that's uh, the interview uh, that you got with Davy Nelson straight away afterwards and you know, one thing that you get from uh, the listening and talking to Davy Nelson is just this air of positivity all the time. And straight away after the the semi final when they won the semi final, you know, he was so positive about the fact that you know the boys had rallied late on and come back and won that game against Loud. And you know, the, in in the face of adversity with the two goals in the first half, and then he was saying it's great for these lads and they're going to Crow Park and. They've got two weeks to get a good training under him. And mm. he's just so positive about everything. And, and and it's really lovely to see. He's real he's a real warm character.
4: Yeah, it's infectious. It really is. Yeah. you're just there when even when you're interviewing him, you're there and you're just smiling away to yourself, do you know, because he just puts you in, in, in good form and that. Uh but he's a he's a fantastic manager under that as well. And yeah. I'd imagine one thing that that probably helps in his positive. You know, demeanour is the fact that he can probably man-manage players and get the best out of players because players enjoy playing for him and I'm sure they enjoy training with him as well and <coughs> he has great pedigree, you know, there with Navadar as well, which we've seen in previous years but you know, as as regards Inter-County goes, he's probably new enough to it, I know last year probably he was a little bit frustrated with the Kildare game, it probably just wasn't a true reflection of me, I think they are only bet by a couple of points but realistically they were kind of outplayed on the day and, and that wasn't a true true reflection of me then uh, this year he was just so happy to get over as you mentioned the Loud game because they, they hadn't a lot of preparation done going into that game yeah. they had about three weeks or just under three weeks between that Loud game and the final and you could tell it, the difference because they were right at it on Sunday from the yeah. word go whereas against Loud it took them 30 or 40 minutes to actually get going whereas they, they started on fire you know on, on Sunday and really blew Kildare away in that first opening quarter
0: Johnny Doyle did he make an appearance
4: he did and uh, he, you know sources reliable enough uh, sources to me he was actually away doing a bit of warm weather training um, last week in, in Portugal Johnny Doyle you know, he. I thought
1: you saw him in Magaluf or something no <laughs> but he, he, he had
4: a fair colour on him when he came on, on on Sunday and to be fair to him you know for a 41 year old he, he did extremely well when he came on you'd have to say he was he was playing out around the midfield which was probably something different as well and um won a lot of ball and kind of got, got more deliveries in. He played for about 20, 25 minutes. I was, I was surprised they didn't get him on sooner. I thought he'd come on at half time. But uh, as as Davey said in the interview, they didn't mention Johnny Doyle. You know, they, if, if you start mentioning a, a certain player, you'll you'll take away from your own game. Yeah. And he says not once did they mention Johnny Doyle until he actually came on and they said, who are we putting on him? Grand, we'll put him on him. I think it was Sean Riley possibly. And that was it. You know, job done. They didn't overly focus on him and that. So, whereas the media probably did it, it probably I I, I would maintain it it went to
1: Meade's advantage. Yeah. And didn't Johnny Doyle, He got the yellow card. He was mouthing and he was kind of yeah. F- when they actually they had a free as well. Yeah, he was kind of he was getting a bit kind of agitated. Probably wasn't. Ah, was, uh,
0: look. When you get older, you know, you, you things start. You, you know, you become a little bit of a what would you say? Um, uh, a little bit cantankerous. Ammonia Michael, and, uh, Well, not Ammonia Michael, but <laughs> did, you,
1: you, did we decide who was the best Mead footballer? I will just stop there, so will you? Yes, is yes, yes, is come it's up. not Mickey Brennan, no, is it? Come <laughs> up, come up, come up, come up. We're oh, gonna going to keep going. I like just you are the best over 40th <laughs> 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 <Thanks>. Mead. <Thanks, laughs>
0: yeah. Cheers. Um, um, no, but look, um, we want to wish. Davy Nelson and uh, his management team and that junior football team. All the best in the All-Ireland semi-final. As we said, they'll be pl- taking on Galway on the weekend of the 6th and 7th of July and time and date and uh, venue to be confirmed. So well done to Davy Nelson and uh, the lads. We're going to move on now, lads, to the Leinster final. It um, uh, was the The main event on Sunday after uh, the Leinster Junior Final and it finished Mead four points uh, Dublin one goal and 17 points and uh, I suppose like <clears throat> it, it's the hope that kills you you know that kind of way it's it, I suppose when you when, when you look at our season so far you have to look at it in a positive light that's the way I look at it and um, uh you go out against all Ireland champions, and you come from where we from where we are actually coming from, and we, it, you know, I think as I said, I think me have bottomed out, and that wasn't this year; it was maybe last year or the year before. They bottomed out, and then stagnated, and now they're back on the rise. But we're still about maybe eight ranked eight or ninth in the country, and people talk about the super the super eights and whatever in football, but they look uh, in the in uh, I suppose in the, in the you look at it this way. There's a top eight in the, in the hurling, right? But in the uh, in the football, there's really only a group of maybe well, you've got a group of one at the top. It's Dublin, and then you've got a chasing pack of maybe three, and then there's another group of four, which are like two levels below Dublin. And me, they're just climbing into that at the moment, and it just shows you the difference. Um, I suppose, uh, in development and 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 uh, and progression, uh, that teams have to make to try and climb that ladder and get back up to where Dublin are, Davy Risman.
4: Yeah, and I and I think that it's not going to happen overnight, and that's probably uh, a trap that maybe a lot of us fell into in in the lead up to the game was thinking that you know we we maybe aren't as far away as we we probably realistically are, and. Uh, I always maintain that you'll never find out where exactly you are until you play teams like that yeah. and, and we found you out have on to play Sunday them regularly, you? of course you do and <clears throat> I've no doubt if we played them next weekend it'd be it'd be a lot better because Meads pretty much couldn't be you know as, as bad or as off colour as they were on Sunday Um, it's a tough lesson but as you, you mentioned it's a long road and it's just one of them bumps in the road that you're going to have at certain times and sometimes they'll come against the better teams other times they won't they'll come against the likes of Offley, who yeah. who we did struggle against too we got the result granted that day but we were we were a little bit off that day as well so for for me I think it, it's all about how we recover and we have two weeks now and and realistically it, it, it's I don't like to say it's a season defining game but it's you know it, it, it's a huge game for this group of players and I don't think no matter what happens between now and then or after that it's been a positive campaign. You know, you have to look at the league. That alone was positive. Yeah. But we're only a game away from where where, where we where we want to where be we want to be. And where Andy and the lads have aimed to be.
0: I am so like okay, I suppose you kind of have to expect it. You go onto any of the social media and you see all the keyboard warriors mm-hmm. and the abuse um and the comments and you know all of this bloody negativeness, negativity towards this team and to the management, I think is really unfound. I I, I found uh, something on Facebook that I that I'm going to read out, which I thought really sums everything up. Um, what do what do people want for God's sake? Andy and the team have achieved everything that was expected of them this year. Leinster final. Division 1 football next year and hopefully the Super 8s. So we had three goals this year. We've achieved two of them. The next goal is to get the Super 8s. That's what he's saying. What's wrong with the fans today? You turn up... For your first day out, and expect one of the most underfunded teams to match the most professional team ever in the history of the GAA in terms of finance, home ground and home ground advantage, and corporate backing. And um, take a step back and ask yourself: uh, Have we not punched above our weight this year? I think we have. Don't go to games if you're not going to support the lads. When we have a bad day, we had a bad day, and that was uh, a guy that I know on Facebook Declan Dowdle a Mead supporter um, and Becht of Man and I think that sums it up because you know it, what, the, these people were going for their first game this year maybe or first game in years Mead and in a Leicester final all go to it and they go out and they see me get okay fairly fairly hammered by Dublin but it's not the whole story as well as that I'm going to go to Kieran Flynn I just wanted to read that out I'm going to go to Kieran Flynn here just on the stats something that like like you know, people are not talking about. Meade had 22 shots and scored four. Dublin had 25 shots. They had three more shots than Meade, but they scored 18. Their scoring percentage was 72% of shots and Meade's was 18%. I, unfortunately, didn't get to the game because I was commentating in uh, Clonus on the Ulster final, but I was listening on the way home to the Meade game and Meade had so much possession and so many shots that were... Within score and distance, it wasn't like there were wild shots. And even on RTE on the radio, they were like, "Oh God, you know these these are very uncharacteristic misses." And Mead should be well in this game.
1: Yeah, it's kind of what you said about the the hope. Like it's it the the biggest thing for me is that although Dublin have have been the best team of a generation, they've had nine provincial titles. Like they really will go down as one of the best teams ever. We we did most of the damage to ourselves like we seeded so much ground with the score and then like at half time we had 11 shots we scored 1 which is 9% like when has any of those players ever scored 9% in their lives like probably never and at Dublin they had I think they had 10 shots and scored 5 at half time, so they yeah. had 50% exactly so like it just shows you like that was poor we had marshalled them so well the backs like went man to man like it's a lot of the Sunday game analysis I went back and watched the live uh, game and watched the coverage and It was so frustrating that we kind of did so much right in the first two thirds, but we just met a roadblock and we just couldn't deal with. I think Dublin, like we, we, they probably don't get enough uh, said about their defensive tactics. They put they put fifteen men behind the ball, and they really are good at what they do, and they're so athletic and so strong. But we actually had so many unforced errors, which is the really frustrating thing. Like there wasn't, there was pressure from the Dublin backs. Don't get me wrong; it'd be unfair to say there wouldn't be, but we missed easy ones like the probably the most telling start I think was we had five frees and only scored one. Yeah. And the a lot of the scores the boys will know themselves that they should have converted those frees. And there were times when it really was still open. Like the first fifty minutes of the game, we were very much in it if we'd scored. Like we could probably always worry that Dublin were always going to do damage at the very end when the subs come on and the lads already got on the panel. And we might have lost by eight or nine or five or ten or whatever but we just ceded so much ground by not scoring ourselves that it was so frustrating as a supporter. But the boys know what they have to do. And they will come back strong. We saw the Round 3 qualifiers. We know who's potentially left in the qualifiers. Next Monday morning we'll be in the pot. We hope to get a favourable draw. It'll be a neutral venue. That's the game. Like Andy mentioned it. He said, before the Dublin game, we were one game away from the Super 8s. We're still one game away. Absolutely. So. The the goals haven't changed. We've accomplished two, as you said. The third one is get to the Super Eights and get to the dance. Like says you're not going to get away with the woman unless you get to the dance, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, like you you're saying it there um about being one game away from the super eights. Brian Kelly, myself and uh, David Rispin on last week's podcast, we were discussing this and like I was saying, you know, uh that our our next game after the Leinster final was gonna be our most important game this year. And that I meant that in the sense that if Meade could beat Dublin and get and yeah go through to the Super 8s, that our first game in the Super 8s was going to be our next important game. If we lost to Dublin, that our next game after losing to Dublin would be to get into the Super 8s. And that's going to be our, our next important game. I suppose, looking at it, what I meant when I said the hope is what, it's the hope that kills you. Like we probably lost the run of ourselves a little bit and we were thinking, God, you know, with the performances this year, they could put it up to Dublin. Now, looking at that, stats-wise, shots uh, um, for and against, you know, Mead were right up there with Dublin. Conversion rate was the lowest I've ever seen for a county team. Um, So maybe the hope wasn't too far wrong. But were we kind of kidding ourselves a little bit that, like, you know, you're playing against like four-time All-Ireland winners um, nine uh, or eight in a row Leinster uh, champions Um, uh, you know we hadn't been in a Leinster final in five years and we were coming from a low ebb so like had, like we couldn't just have bridged that gap all of a sudden but I suppose that's the, the lovely, lovely thing about Gaelic football is that no matter when you go out you always think you have a chance of winning like.
2: well that's it and i seen a stat during the week I think there was three maybe four of the team who started yesterday Played started against Dublin in 2016 in the Leinster semi-final. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge turnover. That's a lot of fresh blood coming through. It's a lot of lads who don't have a huge amount of experience yet. Like, they'll get the experience. Yes, they will stand to them. And I honestly think when they play Dublin in the Leinster final down the line next year, the year after, that the experience of Yester will stand to them in a major way. But the reality is... Everything was relatively close yesterday, except the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. Defensively, we were outstanding. Midfield did quite well. Dublin probably got the run on us there slightly in the last 15 15 minutes minutes as bodies began to tire. Normally, you might be throwing an Adam Flanagan or somebody in there at that stage, but the way the game just went yesterday with a couple of lads picking up knocks, your substitutions were being used elsewhere. And your midfield were just getting a little bit, probably tired because it it's a huge pitch, it's a huge day, it's a huge occasion. There's huge energy levels expended both in doing your own job and then in chasing after like Sabrina Fenton and them as well.
0: Yeah, and then and and then another thing that feeds into that exhaustion is frustration. Mm. And you know, when 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 you look at the score and you look up at the scoreboard and you see that you're you're gone from being five points down to six points down to seven points down, and you see that we're kicking wides, that drains like, your energy it, as well.
2: It's fine margins. I think yeah. of our first five shots, we might be hit the post three times and had two shots drifted narrowly wide. Mm-hmm. If those three shots that hit the post were a foot in a different direction, you had three points on the board. Yeah, and if your, and it give, if your auntie yeah, but your it, uncle it, as well. Gives, at the same it, time, you know. But it, that gives you a spring in your step. But yeah, when no, they're, no, I when they're the missed, act. their confidence drains. Exactly. And defensively, you're doing so well, but next thing, the ball drifts wide or it drops short and it's coming back at you. And you're thinking, geez, I have to go again. Yeah. But to their great credit, they went again. Like Lavin, McGill, Gallagher in your full back lane. Mm-hmm. They were brilliant. Kieran Kilkenny, you wouldn't know he's in the pitch for the first whatever minutes. Then Donald Kogan picked up a knock mm-hmm. and Kilkenny probably grew into it to a slight extent. But like there was a job done on them, on them key players yesterday. Yeah. Like when you look through the Dublin scores, does the key thing they probably had yesterday in terms of their scoring was they had a spread a yeah, lot, well, a lot of Dublin players <clears throat> managed to get into scoreboard. Doesn't Dean, Dean Rock possibly was our top scorer. He was. Dean Rock was the top scorer. Like with he four came points. on with a point to prove. Yeah, but from their...
0: Players and Cormacostolo still- as well, the yeah. other free taker. He was there. He had three um, points, oh, all from free. frees. Mm. And then, like it was, it was, like the most scored by anybody was four points, and that was Dean Rock. But then there's a great spread. It's like Jack McCaffrey two, Kieran Kilkenny one, Brian Howard one, Philly McMahon one, Brian Menton or Brian Fenton one, Paddy Andrews one, and uh, you know, like it, it was just nobody was there was no one man doing all the damage for for Dublin, but. You know, on the on the, on the other side of things, again, Mead had a great spread of lads that had shots, and just it just as you said, just a couple of couple of feet here and there, and and as you said, it is small margins, and and I I, I think like when you look at it, it it the scoreline probably doesn't tell the true story of the game.
1: Well, there's just there was one shot that the Sunday game picked up on it that was very interesting as well. That just shows how good Dublin are. You ha- you can't you can't never stop stating that that they really are excellent. It was the one where it was showing the tactical bravery of Mead. We pushed up in the kick out, or it was out of the hands actually, and Cluxon kicked the free straight to Philly McMartin about 40 metres, straight to his chest. The Philly turned, kicked with outside of his right foot, straight to Mannion. Lavin was right up him, right on top of him, was making contact, and Mannion kind of just turned once or twice and took a contested shot out in the wing over the black spot. Like it, the ball had travelled the whole length of the field in two passes. And all the mid players did exactly what they could. It was just an excellent score.
0: Yeah, that—that's that, what I'm saying, and that's that's my point about the uh, the fact that you're playing against you know uh, a team that are maybe three levels above you. And um, there's there's we have to get into the next level, which is into that group of five to eight. Then we have to get into that group of two to four, so second, third, or fourth in the country, and then you can compete. You know, you look at the teams that compete with Dublin in second, third and fourth. The likes of your Mayo's, uh, your Tyrone's and maybe your Donegal's, Dunygal, your, Kerry. your Kerry's, right? So there's, you, you probably put maybe Tyrone, maybe not in there, but maybe uh, Kerry, uh, Mayo and uh, and Donegal. You know, it's, it's, it's a huge gap to try and get up to their level and they're still so far behind Dublin, you know? um, But Davey Rispin, um, like... I, I again, I I uh, uh, as I read out at this very start, I just uh, the the negativeness and the or the negativity, the negativeness. I've used that twice. It's uh, good the word. negativity, yeah. It's
1: um, a bad word, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. you <laughs> um, um, Say it again backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it,
0: it's completely unfounded, and what we have to do is look at what the goals were that that Andy Mcatee would have had at the start of the year. And uh, one was to get promoted out of Division 2. We've done that. Uh, the second one would have been to get to a Leinster final. We've done that. It wouldn't have been to win. Uh, well, mm. obviously, when you're there, you want to win the Leinster final, but you need to get there. Realistic, so we got there, yeah. We did. yeah we still have our third goal, which is a chance to get to the Super 8s. So looking at the draws that could happen um, uh, throughout the qualifiers, obviously we can't meet the winners of uh, Leash, Leash no. and, and Offley. So, you know, it leaves, what, the, the, who are the other six teams it there, here?
1: Uh, Westmead are playing Clare. Uh, Mayo are playing Armagh, Armagh, and Tyrone are playing Kildare. 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 So you'd imagine. Well, we'll go predict them. I don't want to predict them because I, I get them wrong. Yeah,
7: <laughs>
0: but like you know, so so there's a good chance <laughs> that we could get the winner of Clare and, and Westmead. They 30 30 well. 33% chance. Thirty-three percent yeah.
4: chance. Three, 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 three. Yeah, all right. the way. Yeah. Infinity and, and beyond.
1: That,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but like. As well as that, like the, you're going to have, uh, the, like the, if you can get out, get into the Super 8s, there's going to be two big teams gone anyway because Armagh are playing Mayo and Tyrone are playing Kildare, so they're they've been known as four big enough teams like uh, going into the Super Eight. So me do have a really good chance.
4: Yeah, and and just to go back, I don't I don't mean to keep harping on about it, but I had strong views or feelings towards the negativity and. Uh, the abusive comments, I suppose, is the way you'd have to describe it. I I thought it was absolutely disgraceful, like people going on forums and and yeah, um absolutely and under you know certain uh, pages and that kind of thing. It was, it was completely, it was a complete overreaction, and it was it was so unfair on on the actual guys. These these lads have to go into work on a Monday morning. And, can I and just say yeah. as well?
0: Can I just say as well? We were t- the We Are Mead uh, page was tagged in a lot of them as well. Now I've not liked any yeah, of them comments yeah. um, because I'm not going to entertain them. Yeah, so I'm not. But there were uh, there were some positive ones as well. And so of course, yeah. I, I, if I can find them, I'll bring oh, them. Up. Yeah, but but just uh,
4: I'm not going to say that these people don't go to games. That's not fair. But you'll, you'll find that the vast majority haven't been at some of Mead's better performances all year. Like for example, in Cork. Do you know, the away games, maybe in Clare and Ennis. You've to, you to look at this collectively, and in I'd say 90% or 95%, percent i nearly go as far as to say, the games this year. Baron Offley and and Sunday, the performances
1: have been very good, Kieran. Yeah, it was only myself and Brian are coming home on the bus. Like, we're trawling through the social media, like, just basically seeing us as stuff that's out of order, like the breaks, kind of the guidelines and stuff, and policies. And, like, some of it is nasty, and it's little, like, it's kind of. Like, if someone's going to say, well, uh, player A should have done this, and they have a kind of a tactical reason, and there's, there's a bit of football talk, a lot of these are kind of questioning character and stuff like this. And for one, these people don't know the people. You know, like, they don't know what Mickey Newman's like, or Andy Galgan or Andy, just pick someone from the front and the back. Like, these are really good, honest lads who have professional careers, as you said, and work hard. And they're going out there playing their pastime. And they representing the county that they love, and a lot of them have done it from a minor. Lads are going up near fifty appearances and stuff like that. There's so many good lads in that panel, and it's just it's like seeing all the stuff, and it would actually get on your mental health and all, and damp your mood. Like
4: just before Brian comes in, I just feel like these lads are, as you said, are going out to represent us. As fans, we have to get behind them, as opposed to talking them down. Fair enough, we all give out sometimes about whether it's our own club or whether it's our county. But there's a way. and mean, means of doing it. You you don't, you don't slate lads because they don't go out to do m- miss shots or, you know, misplaced passes or foul intentionally. These things happen, and you'll find sometimes when, when things are going wrong, that's when you need the fans the most. It's it's always it's all great when we're winning and everyone's singing your praises and that. But it's when yeah. when you get a beaten and take a little bit of a trimming. that's when you need your support base the most.
0: And that's when the, the, your supporters need to be realistic mm-hmm. as well and realise where we're coming from. Yeah. We're, we, as we said earlier on, they've bottomed out, they're on the rise again, but they're not going to close that gap overnight and go in and beat Dublin. Yes, had Dublin had a bad day and we had a really good day and, and we scored our 22 shots, we would have won that game. But we had a bad day, we have to put it behind us and get behind this team. Brian Kelly.
2: Like, <laughs> at times... When you see the comments that come in and the, the personal, the vitriolic nature of some of the comments, it can be very disheartening. Like I know those comments made on social media today about one player in particular, and there's not a chance the person would say that to, to the player's face. And it's a general guideline. If you're not if you won't say it to someone's face, don't post it online. How like so those one or two players of things said to them maybe in the palace last night it mightn't be nice, but at least a person maybe had the guts to, to say it to, to, like, say it whatever, to their again, face. But all. do do something online. Half the people don't even have their own face to the exactly, profile right. that they're using. Yeah, yeah, like, have Karen. the guts to put your face to something, put your name to something. Maybe going anonymously using some random name on.
0: If h- this was if this was the Arsenal message football team. boards. If this was the Arsenal football team who are being paid absolutely huge money. Right? If this was the Arsenal football team that were being paid huge money and they would soccer, soccer we, we
1: call it soccer. Soccer, soccer yeah.
0: Soccer, soccer. So if they were if they were if they were being paid huge money, which they are and played as terribly, or even Man United, I'll give you that man, David Risman or Man United, mm-hmm. and you look at those players and they go out and they play terribly every week for the last bloody couple of years and whatever, then you've got a right as a supporter to turn around and say, Hang on a second, because you're paying their wages, you know. Mm. Nobody, not one of the supporters that's out there is paying any of the wages for these uh, mead footballers and don't have the right to abuse them. They give up their time. They're volunteers going out to play the game that they love for the county that they love. And I just cannot understand why people would give them dog's abuse. As a, as a collective group, you can sort of turn around and say what you want, but individuals and, and uh, pinpointing individuals is just the worst of the worst.
2: Like, there, nobody... Unless you are with the team yesterday or seen them, can have any appreciation for how much yesterday hurt them. Yeah, like it was very difficult to look at the players on the coming home yesterday, even in the dressing room after the game, at the meal afterwards, and like, just as they were mean, really downbeat and devastated.
0: Just as you mentioned, downbeat and devastated, we're going to go to the interview that David Rissman, uh got to record. Under the Hogan stand after the game with Andy McIntyre, you can hear from it; he is extremely
3: disappointed. Look, I mean, I think everybody's usually disappointed. Uh, uh, You know, there's a a huge, uh, huge gap in the scoring at the end of the day. Uh, We needed, we needed to be a lot better than we were. We needed to be a lot more uh, clinical in front of goals if we were going to give ourselves any sort of a chance of of, of competing and. uh, well, that's probably the department that let us down most today. Yeah, you know, we, we needed to be able to put Dublin under pressure, and I suppose it's fair to say that we didn't really manage that at any stage of the game. Like, we had a lot of, uh, we had more shots at goal in the first half than they had. We had eleven, they had nine, uh, but we had one score on the board at, at, at the end of uh, end of thirty five or thirty six minutes of play, and that that says that says uh, a lot, really. I thought uh, I thought we competed pretty well all over the over the pitch. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of good one on one you know contests. Uh, I think we defended reasonably well. I think our full back line defended pretty well. Uh, we had more than our fair share of, of of possession. We just didn't uh, we didn't convert it. So, you know. Uh, the truth is, Dublin were never really under pressure because we didn't we didn't put the scores on the board. Well, I say if we got if we had eleven shots at goal in the first half. I mean, if you get if you get uh, if you got half of those, it would have been a fairly tight game at half time. So I mean, uh, Dublin had uh, they obviously deployed uh, Finn McMahon as a as a point of a in a sweeper role there, and we weren't getting our shots maybe from the best areas of the field, but there were still a lot of decent efforts. You know, a couple I think maybe three frees, and we missed we missed three of those and. No, and the conditions weren't easy. Uh, I suppose Dublin were having their own difficulties at the, at the far end too. So uh, I mean, that's it, really. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't have any. I need to, I need to look at it again. I don't have any answers straight away. But uh, we just, we just didn't uh, get in a position to see could they, could we, could we force them into into more mistakes than they usually, than they usually do. Yeah, yeah. And so we were doing, we were doing something right. Uh, now I know conditions were difficult for them as well, but we were we were competing reasonably well in a lot of areas of the field. We just didn't uh, we didn't make the most of, of of the half chances that we had. Ah, oh, look, I'm not, I mean, uh, it's it's hard to know that uh, Brendan to tell you the truth, but uh, it would have been it would have been a boost I suppose to get a free either side of it because you know you all of a sudden it's six three instead of six one uh, and two points here or there and you know with the final score it doesn't make a whole lot of difference but uh, momentum is great and uh, we needed to be cashing in when we had a bit of momentum when we had a bit of possession we needed to cash in on it whether it was from freeze or whether it was from play we just didn't do that yeah I mean look at I mean it's, it's, it's something that we've talked about before we've got to get up to that level so they have, they have so many players at, at, at that physical level uh, that's you know you take one off you bring another one on Everybody knows the strength of our panel. Uh, and uh, those last 10, uh, certainly 10 to 15 minutes were very damaging to us. I don't know. I don't know is the answer. We haven't been in this position before, so it, it'll it be interesting to see how fellas react. Uh, we were one game away from the Super 8s last week. We we're one game away from it this week. So, ultimately, not a whole pile has changed. It just, it will be a, a fair test of... Uh, of resolve and a fair set test of character to come back from uh, a defeat like that. I am not I'm not gonna I mean, you know, let's let's be fair about this. I'm not gonna start talking about we're after getting a bit of a drub in there, so I don't think I don't think it's the time for me to start pontificating about Leicester football or the state of football. But yeah, look at I mean Graham has been there before, you know, he's been showing up well in training and uh, that was that was the decision we made and uh, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. I'm not saying we got it wrong there today, like he picked up a pretty heavy knock there as well the reasoning behind it you pick fellas who you think are in form well we were 4 points down at half time we were 6 or 7 points down with 15 minutes to go maybe I'm getting the timing wrong you're going to lose the game you're going to lose the game we expect the fellas to have a go and by and large I think they had a go maybe execution wasn't what we'd like but uh, I think by and large fellas had a go actually it didn't surprise me they are what they are I mean everybody knows what they are so I mean uh, the gap is there. There's there's no hiding from that. We have we got to just uh, regroup and try and try and uh, our best to to close that gap. Sure. I mean, uh, you have to take positives for us. I mean, I thought, I thought some of the some of the individual performances out there were very good, uh, and uh, we just got to get used to dealing and playing with uh, playing against teams of, of that standard. And there's not too many teams out there of that standard. Let's let's be honest about it. So. Uh, we got, and that's and that's why we said all along our goal was to get to the super eights. you are playing teams of, of higher standard than us on a consistent basis, and you know that's that's probably a lesson out there for everybody. Not too many guys have played against that Dublin team, at, uh, you know at this stage. Well, actually look at you know it seems these things happen, and uh, they're not they're not picked up. If it wasn't picked up, it wasn't picked up. Uh, well, it, it, at times. you know, yeah. Well, you it, you know, you're getting beaten like that. Everybody gets frustrated. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the what the yellow card count was, but you say we won six that game. Okay. Yeah, six-two or six, 0, zero. Oh, six, zero. Mm-hmm. Aberdublin aren't physical, so I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, look, I mean, I I, I, I didn't see it. I don't know, but certainly some of the people around me seem to see it. and it wasn't picked
0: up. So that was Andy McEntee uh, straight away after the game in uh, the Ho- under the Hogan stand uh, talking to Davey Rispin. And I suppose, um, you know, it's it, 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 what you have to do is you have to put a line under that. Um, we're going into the qualifiers um, now proper one game going into the Super 8s, Brian.
2: Yeah, and the one thing we all have to look on here is we need to get row in and get behind the team. Last year, we seen what happened below in Longford. Oh Jesus! It was a day that none of us really want to remember. Yeah. But what happened the next day out? The supporters came into Navan. We packed Navan out. We got behind the team in huge numbers. Vocally, everything there was a partisan crowd in Navan that day. The team fed off the crowd, and uh, they were desperately unlucky not to take Tyrone that night. Ty- yeah. A Tyrone team don't want to reach the All Ireland
0: side. Yeah. It was a, and it was a, a like, I don't like harping back on it, but like we we, we should have won a free yeah. uh, to to go on and win that win that game and in then normal time, it yeah. w- in normal time the the ball is turned over because up the other end and they get the but equaliser. But
2: that showed the mentality that's in that group, the bounce back ability that they have as a group. They and were on ref the
1: weekend. is that any coincidence? No. Nobody, nobody, that's only they were the exce-
2: they were exceptional that day, and I've no doubts the lads referenced here earlier hopefully we, we get a favourable draw in round four of the qualifiers to be quite honest I couldn't give two hoots who we get because I have full confidence that that team will put in a performance and if they put in a performance like they're capable of doing they can take most teams out in the country absolutely. people might say that's wrong but look who's beat the only two teams that have beaten us this year Dublin and Donegal the best team in the country and probably the second best team in the country Yeah, absolutely. any other team that we have played this year we have accounted for we were poor against Offley. there's no denying that we still beat them and we were outstanding in a lot of the league games so if the Mead supporters come out in two weeks time and get behind the team back them back them like you've never backed them before that Mead team will put in a performance and make you proud yeah. whether they get the result or not who knows? The one, but the one thing they will do is they will put in a performance and they will be hurting from yesterday and they will be smarting and, and they and will great, look to write their answers. The a
0: great thing about it as well is that uh, in recent years uh, after you lost your provincial uh, uh, championship, you had a week. This mean team have two weeks to prepare. So they'll. It, it, it's very hard to lift yourself within a few days of, of losing the provincial final. But they do get to relax a little bit. Uh, they'll do um, recovery sessions this week and then they'll be uh, focused and ready to go the following week for the qualifier game as well um, I suppose like with the with the two week gap Ciarán Flynn will um, will any of the players be released to play in the Ireland Championship next weekend?
1: Well the the rules on the charter are fairly straightforward like the rules state that you can only the 13 rule 13 day rule only applies for the same code so if it was football championship there couldn't be any games the weekend so it's up to it's up to individuals to decide what they're going to do so there'll be no ruler there's no blanket ban the team haven't come out and said anything like that so it'll be up to individuals if they play hurling or not so i know like certain lads will want to play for their clubs but they probably do see the bigger picture that the hurling championship just say group a for example there's five games in the hurling they will round one like Kildalke is a big match but both of them lads will be in the knockouts for the Hurling so I'd say just not to pick them two clubs in a hole but if lads are on that Hurling team they'll probably see the bigger picture that this football match will be bigger than one club match Yeah, absolutely. but it probably just it begs the thing that there probably is reform needed in the Hurling Championship at club level again just like the football did that'll get all the club championships to August and separate club and we'll we'll talk about that coming the winter again with reforms and that that are needed but I think it's up to individuals. I think, I they'll know just, what to
0: do. I think just separate them. If you play Hurling, you can't play football. If you play football, you can't play Hurling. And that's just it. And then there would be no trouble there at all. So <laughs> um, Anyway, let's...
1: Ban all football. <laughs> right,
0: what we're going to do is we're going to move on now to uh, that segment that we do every week. We're going to go on to our... Um, uh, player ratings, so the player ratings for the Leinster final, lads, it is 25 past 11 here on a Monday night, so we're going to run through these as quick as we possibly can and we're going to start with the goalkeeper uh, from the weekend, uh, David Rispin, Andy Colgan. Yeah,
4: I, I thought, um, <clears throat> sorry, he he had a decent game, I thought he made one good save in real time and then from the penalty which McGill uh the Dublin player for he actually made a save from that. I know it was academic because the penalty was awarded after it. Um, outs a couple of wayward ones. Um, went long generally didn't go short because you know the way the way Dublin pushed up. So I
1: think a six,
0: six Kieran Flynn
1: I'd be giving him a five. I think just a few of the kickers went awry and went over the sideline. But he did not not terrible performance. Just he'll he, the performance he's given this year in the league and that he knows he's better. So I think that five is just he he'll know himself that he's capable of eights and nines and I think the next day, there'll be a big performance, because that happened to him last year as well, uh, he might have had a few bad kickets in that Longford game, like so many others, but in Tyrone game, he was fabulous, he made saves and kickets were excellent, so yeah. I'll expect a big bounce the next day, a big bounce yeah. back.
0: Brian
2: Kelly, the defining vote was with yourself? No, I think a six, like, yeah, there was maybe one or two mistakes, but overall, he was solid, and with that full-court press, the Dublin employee, you're always going to have one or two to go astray, yeah. I certainly wouldn't hang him on for that
0: so a six for Andrew Colgan and I love the way we're flying through it lads there no comments or any of that so uh, back on uh, where number two Seamus Lavin Kieran Plain
1: yeah Lavin i give him a seven I thought he was very good I mentioned him earlier with Carl Mannion so seven
0: seven for um, Seamus Lavin uh, Brian Kelly Seamus Lavin
1: yeah he started the
2: game in really impressive fashion Um, laid down a marker early on won the first couple of balls and I'd have no hesitation with giving him an eight
0: okay and uh, oh. David Risman. <laughs> Didn't expect that one.
4: <laughs> uh, it caught me on the hop. Um, well, you were next in nine. Yeah, no, I know the mark. No, no, I knew I was next. <laughs> uh, I'd probably
0: just go with a seven, a
4: good seven. Probably just not an eight, but a seven.
0: Excellent. Uh, we're going to move on to our fullback, then Connor McGill, and we're going to go to you, David Rusman. Uh, yeah,
4: I thought very good. Um, A little bit, the boys have mentioned it already. You know, our back's kind of the intensity they played with in, in the first half was incredible and the first three or four balls in he, he got one out in front of his man sometimes he wouldn't want a clean but he definitely got something out of it and got it out of danger Um, give away the penalty little, little blot on the on the copybook but I think a seven
0: OK, uh, kieran Flynn?
1: Yeah, I think he'd be he's probably he, a similar eight sometimes but I think the end the 15 minutes at the end kind of cost him I'd say, as well as the penalty seven seven it
0: is but Brian Kelly you would have given him seven a seven, excellent. We're going to move on now to our next cornerback and that was Shane Gallagher, the Simonstown man and we're going to go to Brian Kelly first this time.
2: I thought first 10 minutes Shane was going to have a tough day but to his great credit he grew into the game as it progressed and I'd give him a seven.
0: Seven, uh, Kieran Flynn?
1: I think just maybe the, the onslaught at the end probably diminished him and he got a card so maybe a six.
0: Okay, and we're going to go over to David Rispin then.
4: Yeah, I know the card and, and the end and that too. But you know, we we kind of didn't dock, uh, Lavin and McGill too much for for the last fifteen minutes. And like, I actually agree with Brian. I thought first ten minutes he was in for a tough time. <laughs> yeah, What's rare just, is wonderful. I'm just shaking my head here. What? He's <laughs> but Brian,
0: I I'd be giving him a seven as well. Excellent. So a seven for uh, Shane Gallagher. We move on now to wing half back we're in number five. It was Donald Hogan and we're gonna go to David Rispin first this time.
4: Yeah Kieran's already mentioned his, his job he did on Kieran Kilkenny he was taken off I believe Um, I know Kyogen picked up a, a bang probably midway through the second half and that probably curtailed his influence as the game wore on but another huge effort we probably didn't see as much uh, as we have previously about him going you know and attacking
2: um sphere but very good as well seven
0: seven um, Brian Kelly
2: Yeah you'd hope to knock he picked up this in two series and he gets plenty of recovery in ahead of the qualifier match but um, I think a seven is fair.
0: Okay, in the seven, and we're going to go to uh, br- uh, to Kieran Flynn as well.
1: Yeah, seven. I think the knock curtailed his involvement. i um, the fifteen men of Dublin. negativity, as you know. we
0: to set the centre back then, Ronan Ryan and David Risman, The um, Mike is in front of you there.
4: Yeah, uh, I thought probably gave gave everything and just faded a little bit towards the end. But he he has a fantastic attitude and. He mightn't be the most skillful player in the world, but by Jesus, he will give you everything. And uh, it was a big occasion for him; it would have been the biggest game he's played by by some distance, you know, in his short intercap. Seen the final
1: last year, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: As that's I said, by far the biggest game he's ever played. Sorry,
0: it's a bigger distance now <laughs> Um,
4: so a seven for me, and and good to see him cementing a place back in the team as well.
0: Cool, well, Kieran, Kieran, did we get you?
1: No, so yeah, I think six. I think just maybe at times just. His man got the better of him, but it's like I said. We we talk about the ratings, we the kind of the ratings for this game. Like sometimes he might have got a seven in an earlier game, and that seven might have been a poor seven. But I think under the circumstances, it' been so good that six is probably not that bad. Like
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm Brian Kelly.
2: Yeah, um, six for number six. Um, he had a solid game. He probably was unlucky. He was taken out in the second half as he was going towards goal. How the Dublin player didn't get a card for it, I've no they're idea. Not, they're
1: not a physical team, you know, they only no, no. they don't yeah, foul they oh foul as much not, and no. don't get yellows.
0: And they don't get away with anything at all. And um, they don't punch off the bottom. <coughs> we're no. gonna go to uh, the other wing half back and that was actually Graham Riley and we're gonna go to Kieran Flynn for Graham Riley's ratings first.
1: Yeah Graham would be disappointed with four misses. Uh, he got his chance to start. He probably was looking really forward to this. I'd say probably a five because of the misses if we took the Banty down to an eight last week for, for misses, you have to take him down to a five. So okay, consistency is key. David Risman.
4: Yeah, of course. He he obviously didn't play wing-back. He, he swapped to James McAtee, who went uh, wing-back, and, and Biggie went uh, wing-forward. But I, I'd agree with Kieran. I thought um, probably just a frustrating afternoon. Confidence seems to be a little bit low at Graham, which is you know something that we, we don't normally associate with him, uh, particularly with his shooting. But... In fairness, he, he he did he did work hard on that. Um, it just was one of those days and probably it'll be a similar team for the rest of our forward line. Um, just, just wasn't his day in front of the post. So I think a five is, is, is about
0: right. Okay, and Brian Kelly?
2: Yeah, it's probably supporters, rightly or wrongly, and as we said earlier, can be quite critical, have criticised Graham over the years for maybe not having the biggest work rate in the world. But on yesterday, well, he might have missed some shots. One thing that really impressed me was his work rate. He forced three, if not four, turnovers deep in his own half inside the kind of 30-metre zone as Dublin were lining up shots. And that kind of work rate, it was exceptional yesterday. And if it wasn't for a couple of misses, he'd be getting quite a high score, but probably a five overall, it balances out. Absolutely. And so. he did, th- there was people wondering, ringing me today, wh- why did Graham come off this, that and the other? He got a hefty bang in the leg and he came off with a dead leg. So that was the reason.
0: Fair play, no problem at all. And um, we'll move on now to our midfield pairing. And Brian meant we'll go to David Risman first because the mic is in front of you.
2: Yeah, probably
4: just uh, not as effective as he has been in previous games, and and didn't get to you know join in the attack as as much as he probably would have liked to have done. Uh competed really well. Um, and, and worked his socks off as you'd expect from Brian because that's that's generally what he does. Uh I think a six is probably probably about right.
0: Okay, uh, Kieran Flynn.
1: I think a six is fair. Didn't have the attacking impact. So, <coughs> six, because he, he did okay around the middle.
0: And Brian Kelly? Six. Six. No problem at all. We move on to our next midfielder. And that was uh, Shane McEntee. Adam Flanagan was down to start, but uh, didn't start. It was Shane McEntee. So, we'll go to you, Brian Kelly, for the first rating.
2: For Shane, um, if I gave Menton a six, I'm probably going to give Shane a six.
0: Okay, so uh, that's perfect. Yeah, uh, we we'll go to David Rispin then. Yeah, I, I thought I
4: thought he looked rusty. I didn't think he was just, you know, he's, he's after missing the last two games, yeah. you know, and came off against Offley from injury, yeah. from injury is, is right. And he just looked a little bit rusty to me. Some of his kick passing, which the league final was the prime example. Some of the ball he delivered was outstanding on that night. And whether it was just being on a different wavelength or whatever, some of them went to skew in that. Um, So I think a five from me.
0: OK, and Kieran Flynn?
1: Yeah, I agree, the The kick pass was the element I was going to go as well. Five, I think the next day there'll be a massive bounce back from someone like him because he's such good league it, He'll come on a lot for, from the game, I think. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. Um, weather conditions were horrendous as well, lads, just a lot of rain... And kind of slippy ball yeah, and so Brian and
1: myself were in the dugout, getting absolutely soaked. We can vouch for the credentials of the weather.
0: <laughs> <Delighted for>
7: you. <laughs>
2: All I'll say is God bless pull ups. <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll move on now to wing half forward, and uh, the first of them is Ben Brennan. David Rispin, you've got the mic in front of you.
4: Just one of them days for Ben. Uh, probably, uh, you know, uh, we we've already mentioned with with his fellow clubmate Biggie, um, shooting, um, a couple of the frees went wide near side and it was it was it was a difficult afternoon for him and you know yourself as as much as anyone mickey as when when things are going wrong as a forward and you're not you're not, um, yeah, you, you can't relate, sorry, apologies.
0: Sorry, sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, S- subs don't know these things. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still waiting to have that you're
4: yeah. talking It'll about. It'll come. Um, I hope it doesn't won't come at the, a key time. Be the first round of the league next year because you'll
1: be unavailable. <laughs>
4: Very good. But, um, I, I think a five is probably, probably a fair mark in the end. He just had one of those days.
7: Brian Kelly?
2: Yeah, not a really hard working shift from Ben. Like, he, the amount of work he does off the ball, like it tends to go unseen if you're watching it on the telly. But it's only when you're at the game that you see what he does. Like his work rate is phenomenal, and he got he shipped a really heavy, maybe nasty blow off the ball at one stage in the first half, which left him needing treatment. Now miraculously, not seen by anybody. But look at these things happen. Um, five. Dublin are not a dirty team though.
0: And uh, Kieran Flynn, Ben Brennan.
1: Yeah, I think five, just the three misses and the freeze, which is so uncharacteristic. Like ben would have got his club to an All-Ireland Intermediate Club final on the back of some great performances, like on the ground, kicking the freeze. So, five, unfortunately. No problem at but all. Another bounce back for him next week.
0: Absolutely, we're going to move on now. Well, two, two weeks we. time. Um, we're going to move on we now to, to se- <laughs> <laughs> centre forward. Centre uh, forward, Brian McMahon David Riswood. Yeah, it was a strange one with Brian. It probably
4: wasn't a case of anything he... he did wrong it was just a case that the game probably bypassed bypass him, him. A, a little bit and just couldn't get involved in it you know and uh, who's Markham? good question <laughs> putting me on the spot do you have the program there yeah I do uh, um, I wouldn't have been was it Keno Sullivan? No, no he Okay. a sweeper okay um, so he was, he was obviously centre forward and he you know typically trying to he actually drifted back a lot but just didn't get on enough ball for me and and if we kind of give Ben and he, you know, although he was docked, probably more so for the misses, Brian just wasn't involved to the extent he would have liked. So I think a
0: five, five, uh, Kieran Flint.
2: Yeah, five for me. Okay, and uh, Brian. I'm not going to argue. With the lads is too late.
0: Five. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> five for Brian McMahon. We're going to move on now to our other wing half forward. We're wearing number twelve. We played at wing back. It's James Mackindie, and we'll go to you first, Brian Kelly.
2: A hard working shift again, just things just didn't happen for him too much but you can't say he did things wrong either so I think instead middle of the road five
0: five and um, David Risman
4: I'd I'd probably go with a six Uh, I think I agree with Brian probably just didn't influence the play enough um, for us in in the attacking sense but I think a six
1: is is probably Kieran Flynn yeah I think he just uh, his attacking uh, it was the opportunity he got that he missed uh, he had kind of a beeline for the goals and he kind of pulled up probably thought himself he wouldn't be able to get a chance but well, I think earlier in the year he was just putting the head down and going straight for the net and causing trouble Like so I think he'll know himself that he can create these opportunities so I think a five today but another lad who's definitely so much more to offer No problem at all, a five
0: for James McAtee we're going to move on now to the corner forward and the first of the corner forwards where number 13 was Killian O'Sullivan and we're going to go to you Kieran Flint.
1: Yeah, Killian, he'd be very frustrated. He he was getting awful treatment off the ball. I know, and I've said this in so many podcasts. But like it's amazing how some of these referees don't see it. Like he got pulled to the ground on two different occasions, once by the neck. And like that's gonna affect your like even your breathing and all the
0: excuse me, but uh uh last week we discussed this and if you're uh if somebody puts their hands around your neck, that's a straight red.
1: Uh, well, I don't wanna comment on an ongoing Well, it's not ongoing, you you took your punishment, <laughs> but uh, No, well this is the thing. Off the ball, he was getting dragged down to the ground and like it's gonna take toll on your body physically if you're gonna be getting borderline assaulted like. But again, probably a five for Kideon, but the dubs aren't a physical team or a dirty team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we move on to David Rispin.
1: They might be physical but they're
4: fucking cute. Anyway, um yeah, I, I'd agree with Kieran. I think he had a really nice flick in the first couple of minutes that might have just led to a Mickey Newman goal if if he was just a bit ahead of the play, but just probably struggled to get into it. Similar to a lot of our forwards, um, just didn't get on enough ball, and you know the, he got the treatment as he did against Donegal in the league final. The better players are always going to get extra um, treatment, so I think I think a five, yeah, I think a five is fair. Okay, Brian Kelly, like
1: an idea for Killian, maybe if he just actually runs in front of the ref just stays in front of the referee for the whole game and just lets him see one lad bull him to the ground. Like.
0: That's a suggestion you can bring yeah. to the next training session. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly, uh, your rating for Killian O'Sullivan? Five. Excellent work there, Brian Kelly. Um, uh, so <laughs> incisive. It's um, so insightful. We're going to move <laughs> on then to Full Forward and uh, the big man from uh, Kilmainham, Mickey Newman and we'll go to you, David Rissman.
4: Yeah, it was it was a funny one. We finished up with four points, and I think Mickey notched three of the four. Yeah, yeah. so he, although he did that, he, his influence was curtailed somewhat. And uh, I, you know, he spent a lot of his time operating out around the forty and in midfield. And uh, with James Connolly inside, who will come to in, in a second, running around, I I think he would have been more beneficial if Mickey was in beside him as a type of target man. Yeah, uh, and, and then, there no, it was probably I don't know was it by. Was it was a design or not that he actually probably drifted out more in frustration that he wasn't getting any delivery? One inside. of the comments
0: so, one of the comments yeah. on the radio was that in the meat half, Mead were kicking long ball mm. into the full forward line to James Conan, who was on his own. And they were like going, How is a five foot seven man going to win the ball uh, with two Dublin markers on him mm. when they were kicking long high ball into yeah. the full forward line and it was it was James Conan that mm. was in there on his own. So you'd probably like was there was there a tactic that the Meade players were probably trying to put the ball in to Mickey Newman in the full forward line and for James Conlon to be running off him? And they were kind of kicking it, thinking that he was already in there.
4: Mm, potentially. Potentially. Um but more often than not it was probably Mickey Newman kicking the ball in, do right. you know? Okay, so yeah. uh it was a tricky one. I'm not sure. Mickey might have just drifted out himself to get more involved and try and get on the play, on the ball a little bit more. Uh in the end he notched three points, he had a few few bad ways too. Um so I think a six is probably about right for Mickey.
0: Okay, Kieran Fern.
1: Yeah, I think a six like he scored three, one from a free, but three misses. So be unfortunate that uh Mickey gets a six, but there's shine light, he's, he's always been one of our premier forwards so let's hope he can kick a good few frees the next day. Not and so yes, my father did teach him in school before you got the line <laughs> in. That's
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, yeah. <laughs> One of his uh, worst report cards going home yeah. there today yeah, of well, a six. Like
1: um, he much, must try harder, must, must do try better. But a nice lad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> easily, easily distracted. Um, Brian Kelly, you're scoring for um, Mickey Newman.
2: Yeah, Mickey never stopped going all all day. Like everything, not everything he tried worked, but he he never stopped trying to make something happen, and like he ended up at the three points. And I'd say it's a performance that, like those a fell around the table here, was told over the weekend that his mother could be proud of him, but Mickey's family and club could be proud of him this with his performance yesterday.
0: Um, well, so your rating for Mickey Newman is. Six. Six as well. We're going to move on now to the corner forward. And that is... <laughs> Come on, you're going to have to Not explain to it. Kelly has to get a <laughs> over 10 out of a 10.
1: No, no, it's such an inside joke, it's unreal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody wants to know what that inside joke is, ask David Rusman. Um, Tweet him,
1: incessantly.
0: <laughs> so we're going to move on now to uh, the, the last of the starters in the corner forward was James Conlon, the St. Colin Cale's man. And we're going to go to David Rispin first. Uh, (laughs) Hey,
4: it was was a difficult one for James. You know, wasn't afforded the space. He was um, the last day against Leash. But one thing I I could never fault the guy for is that he will work his socks off time and time again. Kept making the runs. He had two or three men on him at times. The delivery wasn't coming. And if it was, he was found isolated. (sighs) So I think it's six for me. Six for James.
0: For James. The lads are still laughing at that in house joke. <laughs> so <laughs> they are again, you're gonna have to ask Brian Kelly or sorry, David Rispin, But I'd ask Brian Kelly or Kieran Flynn if it was if I was asking anybody.
2: Private um, message only. Exactly. Uh, Brian Kelly, um you're rating for James Connell. Um, yeah, he really worked hard. Look it was one of those days, nothing just went right right for him. Um but he he faced a really difficult task. There was two, if not three, Dublin players near him at all times and I really don't see any forward in the country who would have who made hay on a day like that like six probably because he literally he never stopped trying to make that run he'd make three or four different runs to try and get on the one ball in the same movement and he was just like no scores but he worked his socks off a six yeah
0: Yeah, and uh, um, Kieran Flynn.
1: Yeah, build him up. Brian said the only blemish I bring him, I bring him down to a five. is just some of the he got a few chances for, uh, a few chances maybe to get the ball in his hands that slipped by him, and unfortunately at that level, especially against Dublin, if you get maybe five possessions, they have to get right into your hands. And but then at the same time, with the pinch of salt, he got a few around his legs and shins, like. And I know he's a small man, but he's not—he's not a miracle he's worker. Not that small, yeah. You know he can't—he can't be expected to pick a ball up, but hundred mile per hour at his feet. So it's probably a harsh five, but it doesn't matter because the boys, have the six, boys
0: gave him a six. Yeah, we're going to um, move on now to the subs. We'll fly through the subs. Um, you can tell me if they were on long enough or not. Uh, Sean Tobin was on long enough. He came on for Ben Brennan. Um, so we'll go to uh, Brian Kelly. Five. 5 uh David Riskin. I go I go more six I thought he gave us uh,
4: something different in midfield and he competed very well and got on a lot of balls so a six for me
0: and uh Kieran Flynn.
1: uh five 5 any reason why I just wanted us to run through do you want to oh, give we you his latest really story.
0: Run <laughs> um, our second of uh, the second of our subs. I just wanted you to to do that so I could check and see who was up next. Next substitution was Ethan Divine. He came on just after Sean Tobin, so we'll stick with David Riss because the mic is there. I, I go similar enough again.
4: I thought he did he did well when he came on. Um, he, he got on a bit of ball and tried to make things happen.
1: Uh, so for that I'd give him a 6
0: a 6 Kieran um, Flynn no,
1: i have to go 5 it's just when they had come on I think unfortunately the ship was kind of half sailed and it was kind of they, they, they tried hard but the 5 like they couldn't do
2: much ok more. Brian Kelly yeah he came on at a time when the game was drifting away from you and very hard to arrest that slide unless you do something really impre- like exceptional and he just didn't manage to do that really exceptional thing so probably a 5 a 5
0: Okay, a five for uh young Devine, uh Ethan Devine. We're gonna go on the third of the subs was uh Thomas O'Reilly from uh, Wolf Tones. Brian Kelly was he on long enough?
2: Yeah, he got a decent spell. He worked hard, but again, like the game was kind of gone at that stage. So a five. Okay, and David Risman. Yeah, probably similar to that.
4: He had it. You had one opportunity that he probably should have slotted over, and uh, for that, I think a five is about right. Yeah,
1: Coig completely.
0: Yeah, yeah, Fad. and we're going to move on now to the fourth sub of the day, and the fourth sub that came on was Barry Dardis. Um, um, we we'll go to David Risman because the phone is or the mic, <laughs> the, the phone. phone. Uh,
4: yeah, phone. Uh, similar, similar to Thomas O'Reilly. Uh, tried hard when he came on, had one uh, or two shots possibly. One was blocked, and I think one might have dropped short as well. So, I think a five
0: is is about right. A five for Barry Dardis and Brian Kelly.
2: Yeah, look, and I'm not going to argue with Davy five, and uh Kieran
0: Flynn.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to argue with Davy, but
1: I'll still give him a five. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Very good. And I f- just no, I give
1: him five. give him five. The
0: um, the fourth <laughs> sub on the day was Barry Daris, the fifth sub was Young uh, Curran, uh, Sean Curran from uh, Dunamore. Dunham- and uh, How long was? Uh, we-, we wasn't that long.
2: Came on in around the 70th minute, okay. and probably. Like in fairness, it wouldn't be fair on them to mark them for that Yeah, thing. and the last
0: of the subs then was uh, uh, Thomas McGovern from Dunamore-Ashburn as well. So um, what we're going to do now is, uh, that's the ratings done for this week, and just looking back over it, uh, w- what we need to do before we go anywhere is we're going to just, there was a Camogie result as well, um, Kieran Flynn, and it was round two of uh, the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship uh, in group two and it was Meade against Clare and uh, Meade coming up at one point short here against Clare losing out 12 points to 11 Um, you know the, these girls are really giving it a, a good shot in the senior championship already
1: yeah the big improvement Now I read the, the Meade Chronicle and I was talking to one or two people and actually a few of the players in Leenahans at the homecoming for the hurlers Like we were still on route back but it was a really tight finish Like Clare hit two points at the very last part of the game they had a time and their talismanic figure, like a, a massive player for them, Christina Troy, from uh, Marie uh, the brother, the brother Shane DeMarie, two, they're two absolute massive hurdlers, like great fielders of the ball, great, great, great strength in their strikes. She got a, a second yellow card, but there's definitely optimism, like like the scores, like Jane Dolan, so many times she got seven points, five frees. Anya McInerney got a point, Grace Coleman got a point, Aoife Minogue got a point, and Megan Tyne from Classic got a point, and like there's optimism in that squad. I think hopefully the 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 hurling and the camogie is on the way up I won't be long now till we're take over completely yeah absolutely
0: and uh, that is all of the results from uh, the weekend that was um, me coming away with two trophies from Crow Park um, two out of three uh, in the famous words of Meatloaf Two, two out of three ain't bad but we did miss out on the big one I suppose in the Leinster final but look
1: there's the the big quote I always remember, and Tommy Brennan, who was a school teacher say any Greek hurling man in Clemson, said that he said that, the football is for men, but hurling is for heroes. And I think that was very much this weekend. I think the hurlers really did us proud, and I think they should get the the final remarks. It like a very positive weekend. Probably sometimes the hurling gets a bit sneered and this kind of devalued on this podcast. And I think this weekend is the time to stand up for the hurlers and give them what they're do, due.
0: Yeah, and you said it would be the final word of the evening. <laughs> I'm afraid it won't be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it'll be your final word of the evening. So um, just a few things to look forward to. Obviously, the um, Mead uh, Club Hurling Championship kicks off next weekend. Club the ladies uh, football team, they'll be playing in the Leinster Intermediate Final on Sunday the 30th. That's next Sunday at 2pm and that's a Netwatch. Netwatch, Cullen Park in uh, Carlow, so anybody who can get down, follow those uh, ladies the under 20s the footballers are taking on awfully um, Tuesday the 2nd of July, that's next Tuesday uh, Tuesday week, that's uh, if you're listening in on Tuesday, it's next. It's this day week. If you're listening on Wednesday, it's just next Tuesday, um, and uh, that's at seven thirty, and that takes play, com, place in Park Tolshan and that's the Leinster Championship. Brian Kelly, you were going to come in there.
2: Yeah, sorry. Um, just as well as the game being in Carlo, it's been streamed live on Facebook. The ladies' match. So really, if you can get to Carlo, go. But if you can't, watch it on Facebook and see the Me Ladies lift the Leinster title.
0: You're just after half of the amount of people that are going to go now after Ah, telling them that it's going to be on
2: Facebook. The the Leinster Ladies P.R.O. was on to me and asked me to give the stream and a plug. Ah, very good
0: Absolutely, yeah. So if you can't get to it and can't get down to Netwatch, uh, Cullen Park and Carlo, do check out the Meet Ladies Facebook um, where you'll be able to watch full live coverage of the game. Um, I suppose... Uh, what we'll do is next week lads we'll preview um, whoever Mead getting the draw we'll leave the podcast until next Monday night um, and uh, we'll find out who Mead are going to have in the final yeah, qualifier, probably
1: done Sunday evening. They'd have that done. They just do the fake draw like the FIFA draw. Oh yeah, morning, like yeah, yeah, The balls would be hot or cold or whatever. And we, and we could pre-record
0: it then and pretend we're putting yeah, it out. We like might find out Friday morning who were playing. <laughs> like, you know I mean? <laughs> and you find out last night. Um, but I suppose that's a joke, just
1: because some people actually believe some of the stuff I say. Like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> just for the record, like. <laughs>
0: It's, it's it's now quarter past one in, so the, you know, in it's the, the morning, in the morning. Yeah, morning. <laughs> yeah. We'll, do, we'll do a separate podcast in Hurley for you now in, in a few minutes um, well lads um, just to yeah. move on Kieran Flynn have you anything else from the county board?
1: I think I've already spoken the hurlers just wow
0: ok um, Brian Kelly have you anything from the minor just board?
2: two very quick things um, one like to wish all the teams heading off to represent the county all the best at Feile Pallon and Oak this weekend in in Mayo and Connacht, and Connacht, Connacht basically, my own club are heading off to Clare Morris on Friday and like particularly wish them all the best. And just, um, I've done a bit of research there in the last while and I have five quick quiz questions for the lads and we'll throw it out to all the listeners. First question, top score in the championship since 2000. The lads are going to record their answers and we'll have them on next week's podcast. Okay. Right, okay. So top score in the championship since 2000. Okay. Most championship appearances since two thousand. Okay. Number of league and championship appearances for, for Conor McGill since he made his debut. So league and championship. Okay,
0: not including the um, O'Brien Cup. Then?
2: No, just league and championship. Oh God!
0: As you said, yeah. I, 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 just, uh, I know, I know it off the top of my head. What it is is okay. total.
1: We'll just take the World Cup games off. I
0: Just can't remember how many of your World Cup games he played. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um, what's Mickey Newman's total score in the Championship since he made his debut? I'll give. He made his debut in 2013. Okay. And the total Championship appearances for Joe Sheridan.
1: And what um,
2: use of. Tan, does David Rispin use? <laughs> brand- well, my, my questions only relate to county footballers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Perfect. We're going to leave the final word to David Rispin. David, uh, have you any uh, any other business you want to bring up?
2: Uh, I'd just like to
4: um, pay, pay a word of thanks. We had our dinner dance um, 50th year anniversary on Saturday night in Kells and we, we had a great night. We welcomed the GA president, John Horan, down. We also had county board um, officials. Peter O'Halloran was there to to speak as well as as well as marie delaney which was um great and and i spoke to marie actually coming out of crow park yesterday and she thoroughly enjoyed the night and she was happy with the presentation that was made to her all the players who have won championships over the years for a quarter and 110 different players some have won one some have won three or four they all got a you know a nice memento on the night so it was a fantastic night it's 50
0: years all. since the big split yeah, well, it wasn't
4: really a split. There was, it was more of a <laughs> Forres town kind of. So, so yeah, no, no. Bormean did their own thing. They, they've right. had five or six teams in, in uh, that period of time. Uh, I so, see, I see. Um, they're probably
2: doing a new one soon. It was a good night anyway. Oh, that's well, it. Oh, they're doing a new one. <laughs> we, uh, we all know what that team is going to be: Alton's Cartoon Gales. <laughs> yeah, lads, it's getting on, so I think we should. Yeah. Uh,
0: and and think about the house draw
2: Kieran Flynn uh, is is literally
4: gonna. He'll fill you in, but basically we have. Two player of the mo- player of the competition. Sorry, yeah, it up. was
1: basically uh, we were just sent it out to the the Hurland selectors. Basically, picked the nominees for the Chris Ring player of the tournament. Basically, player of the cup. So that'll be going out when this podcast is out. You'll probably see the competition running on the main GA page. So basically, there's going to be uh, at the moment. I think it's the ma- the managers wanted to pick five lads, so there'll be five nominees, and you just vote for the. Top one, and that person is going to be the Christy Ring Player of the Year. Obviously, they're not going to get any plaque grant but they're receive, going to get something. No but, no, but for no, but no, but they're going to get something even better. Yeah. Which, as you always remind oh, us, Mickey, house, yeah. <laughs> it's not just about building partridge for our teams. It's about getting a chance to win a house. Nice. So, imagine being told you're the best Christy Ring hurler and you get a ticket for a house then you win the house and then we win the Joe McDonough next year the party's in the house <laughs> the house gets burned down you get loan insurance use the money win the oh, Liam McCarthy it's all ahead yeah.
4: and, and the football the fo- there will be a football one oh, later in the so week mind as well. that the football, so, never so mind the football that's next week or
0: later be, in the week we're going to change the name of it to the win a house party draw yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, look, again, we want to thank all our listeners um, uh, as well. We are, uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And uh, even look out for us on LinkedIn. We want to thank everybody for uh, passing the pod. We've got a great response to that. And again, we want just to keep doing it. If, if you know anybody who'd be interested in Mead GAA, anywhere in the world, send them the link for our podcast and we'll keep them up to date. Again, we want to, uh, just before we go, I want to say, uh, uh, if you, uh, as well, all Gales out there from Mead, uh, have a look at the uh, Kells new website uh, it's uh, gailcolumkill.ie and um, uh, a fabulous website they have there um, they do great work in Kells on, on updating tables they do them themselves and uh, any of their own teams that are involved in divisions they do up yeah it's Alan Tormey the PRO doing all that work and we just want to say well done to them and keep up the good work over there in Kells and uh, I suppose at this stage it's time to say we are made. why matters more